Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. And it was really up to me at that point in my life to pull up my own socks and be like, okay, where am I going? And like, what do I want? And how can I make that happen for myself? Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Joe Peterson. I'm the vice president of cloud and security with Clarify 360. I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about a year, and I was drawn in by the energy and enthusiasm of the Women in Tech podcast. Esprit does a really great job in sharing stories of women in tech so that young female listeners can put themselves in the shoes of these women speaking. See, I strongly believe that if we don't show young women the way forward in tech by sharing our stories, then they won't know what's possible. The stories are what creates the value and inspiration. Great job, guys. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I think a lot about what the word success means to me, and this is what today's personal spot is about. I think a lot about how when I first started my entrepreneurial career, I would aspire to be on the cover of, you know, the biggest, biggest magazines like Fast Company and Inc. and Entrepreneur and Forbes. And that was my dream. And, you know, terms like IPOing and things, you know, starting out in the startup world, I don't know, it just, you dream so big. But then as I've gone through my journey, I realized that success has nothing to do with all that outward stuff. But it's hard because it's like my mind plays tricks on me and I see the things in digital media and the internet economy and I compare myself, you know, a lot. I think we all do. And so recently, most of you probably know Joe Rogan's podcast got acquired by Spotify for something like a hundred million. And recently, another girl, Alex Cooper, who started podcasting, I think, at the end of 2018. 2018. And she was offered a deal by Spotify, $20 million a year for three years. So $60 million. 
Can you imagine you're just like walking into your kitchen and you're like, you know, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And then you start doing this random thing in your kitchen. And three years later, you get a deal with Spotify for 20 million a year. And, you know, of course, I'm like, man, you know, and I start playing this comparison game and all this stuff. But really, at the end of the day, and I'm not just saying this to like make myself feel better or anything, but I truly believe this because I've watched, you know, my celebrity friends and what they have to deal with behind closed doors. And I really think that true success is how we feel in private, in private when no one's looking. True success is nothing anybody can see. True success is how we feel on the inside. And if we don't feel full on the inside, behind closed doors, when no one's looking, then we're not actually successful. And I think you could have all the money in the world and all the power and status in the world, but you can't necessarily feel whole, right? But you can feel whole at any financial stage and status stage of the journey that's a matter of choice if we want to work on that, right? And I know it's something that I want to work on and I continue to work on it. On my mirror, I have even little sayings to myself. And again, it's hard because I go back and forth between thinking about success and just being like, all right, just focus on feeling my inner calm and doing my meditation and being a good person, being a good daughter and, you know, staying connected to why I'm showing up every day. When I see news stories like this one, I'm like, man, and I get jostled. And then I have to kind of focus even harder on staying clear, not getting caught up, you know, staying clear and connected to my own journey, my own path and not getting caught up. Anyway, I don't know how okay this sounds, but I think true success is what no one can see. And it seems like success is all outside, but I don't think that to be true. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest, Erica, coming at us from Montreal, Canada. You say Montreal. How do you say it, Erica? What's the right pronunciation? I mean, I just love it when people say Montreal. It just makes me laugh so much because that's how you can pinpoint when someone's not from here. So (laughs) um, it's actually pronounced Montreal, like as if it's like money. That's kind of like the pronunciation. To kick things off, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I work in tech, obviously. Um, I work for a company called Swell, which is a headless e-commerce company. It's relatively new. We just finished closing our seed round, which is super exciting. I'm the brand and content lead on the team. So I'm super thrilled. I got started in the spring and before joining Swell, I was working for different SaaS companies, also different agencies. And also even before that, in essentially what's now a past life, I used to work in the film industry. So kind of a bit of a multi-dimensional career going into tech. And what do you mean by headless? So headless commerce is essentially a fully customizable way for people to be able to sell things. A lot of the time, anyone who wants to start an e-commerce business will kind of look towards Shopify or any other platform that will enable them to do that. And the thing is with some of those platforms, they're sort of like set out templates as to what the user can actually do. And with headless, you can customize 
all of your experiences completely. So from the back end to the front end, everything can be completely customizable. And that's what makes Headless so exciting is that people can actually develop their own brand persona with Headless Commerce rather than kind of having to default to some of the previous templates that have been built. And Erica has a podcast too. Erica, tell me about your podcast, fellow podcaster. Yeah, so my podcast is called Looking for Work and I originally started it because during quarantine I went out for a walk and I was like, I just started remembering this moment when I moved back to Montreal and I didn't have a job and there were moments in my career where I didn't have a job and I was looking for work and it's really hard and it's no one really talks about it. We talk about what it's like to work at different places, but I found that people weren't necessarily so open about either job loss or searching for different roles or pivoting industries. So I thought I would create a space where people could just have that conversation. It's a podcast that I started pretty much just as a hobby. So there's not a ton of episodes out there right now, but you can check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called Looking for Work. Do you have a URL for it? Like a website or no? It's lfwpodcast.com. I want to get into your story and your journey and all that good stuff. But I was sharing with you, there's been something at the top of mind for me, life philosophies. So I was curious about your perspective on it. And actually, right before this interview, I was on YouTube and I saw some commentary from a monk about it. I'm like, well, how perfect timing. What is your perspective on kind of we live in this digital age where there's so much emphasis on hype and clout? But I actually feel like when I really sit quiet, hype and clout have nothing to do with success. They just appear to have to do with success. Agree or disagree? Uh, completely agree. I think hype and clout is important as it relates to wanting to build something exciting and you know, provide the buzz around that so that people can know what you're doing and who you are. But I think it can't be confused with success because you can have a lot of clout and you can have a lot of buzz about yourself or about a product. If that person or product or thing doesn't have integrity to back it up, you know, you lose people. And so, and then clout, you know, it's trendy, but it doesn't last forever. When I was taking a walk, I was like, hype doesn't pay the rent and clout doesn't look after you on your really dark days. And I don't know, I just feel like this world is caught up in that. And then we get caught up in that, at least I do naturally. And then I have to stop myself and be like, wait, no, 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 doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. it's like that saying, like comparison is the thief of joy, right? And we're building so many platforms where we're essentially defaulting to comparing ourselves to so many people or to other businesses so much of the time. And, you know, when we take that away and we bring ourselves back to the main essence of what it is that we're trying to accomplish or who we are as people, none of that matters anymore. 100%. But so hard to emotionally digest like consistently, but a hundred percent. So I just wanted to like ask you that, jumping into how you became this leader that you are today, when did you first become interested in the tech world? Yeah, I think I've had a few of those moments. The first one was sort of like an inkling, a bit of like an intuition, like gut feeling that I had. I was working for an agency, it was like a brand strategy agency in the UK. I'm originally from Montreal and when I moved over, I didn't have a job yet and it was just something that just kind of happened. I worked with probably one of my favorite bosses at the time um, and 
we were working with a lot of e-commerce clients and we worked with a lot of e-commerce clients who had needs based in the Asia Pacific region. So it was like completely different buying experience, a completely different set of like needs. And it opened my eyes as to like possibility and what's out there. And I started working with a lot of different tech people at the time because we were like designing essentially what would be like the front end and all the branding stuff for some of these companies. And um, as we were creating that, I was working with a lot of developers. I was working with a lot of just different tech-minded people to see what was even possible from a tech perspective because we would come up with some concepts and then, you know, sometimes at the time, like they just fully were not things that we could do. And I just thought like, what an amazing industry to be part of and be able to produce work that doesn't even exist yet. And so when I came home, I really wanted to work in the tech field. It was an environment that was also growing in my hometown at the time. There was a lot of like AI companies coming out of Montreal at that time. And I started kind of carving out my own path in tech at that moment. And what I quickly realized in doing that was like, obviously not any one tech company is cut from the same cloth. And there's so much out there that you can work on that saying that you work for like an AI company, for example, is definitely not at all going to be the same experience as it would be if you're working on, say, for example, where I'm at now, like a headless commerce kind of company. And especially also understanding the different nuances between like different rounds of funding and the different like sizes of companies, like there's so much to think about. So my journey kind of evolved throughout that. And then this past year, actually, I found myself having a moment where I was moving into my apartment that I'm in now and was going through just like general life changes. And I just figured like, okay, now is a really good time for me to ask myself what's really important to me and like how I really want to make my mark in this industry. And so it was kind of like, I would say between five and six years ago, up until very recently, where I decided like, this is where I want to plant my flag. And this is how I want to kind of see the industry evolve. And this is how I want to be involved in that. So you didn't really discover tech as a young child and you're like, oh, this is something I want to pursue. It's kind of like your career itself introduced these pathways to you and then you wanted to take a deeper dive into them, if I'm hearing you right. Yeah, I think for me as a kid, like I was really engaged in like pop culture and like film stuff. And so that was kind of my initiation to the creative space and also kind of like sitting on the fence of technology. I worked for a visual effects studio, which was like one of my first jobs as like a PA. And the introduction to the creativity and the tech side was so incredible. I just didn't have the direction to fully understand where I would find myself within that and also what I was actually good at doing. (laughs) And what attracted you uh, to Swell? One thing I find, and this is a total side note, but it's really relevant to a lot of the guys who listen because they asked me, Esprit, I really want to hire a woman in tech and I'm not getting enough women in tech applying. What am I doing wrong? And what I found as a culture is that we're very mission driven and sometimes employers don't know to include more about the mission in the job description. So what attracted you to Swell and what made it the right fit, culture fit for you? I just remember reading the job description. And at the time, the job description was for like a content role, which fell into my wheelhouse. And I was looking for like to jump into this space. So I was already kind of primed to be looking for work around this industry. And as I read the job description, 
it was clear to me that I would be doing so much more than what the title had kind of laid out. So it wasn't just a content role. There was like a lot of work that was gonna be done around brand, a lot of work that was gonna be done from a very high level. I would work directly with like our CEO and a lot of our other co-founders. And for me, I was really looking to evolve my career, to build myself into a position of leadership. And the team felt like the right size. The purpose of the company was very clearly outlined and it sounded, like just a very thoughtful job description. It wasn't your typical, like you must have X, Y, and Z type of years of experience. It was like, we're looking for this type of person. And that really spoke to me, whether or not that was a marketing tactic, I think remains to be seen. Um, it worked. So I was able to start communicating with the team throughout the interview process. And throughout that interview process, I also noted, like I, I noticed obviously tech is I mean, I've known this for a long time. It's obviously a very male dominated industry, but the perspective that they were sharing with me was super inclusive. And there just felt like this hunger to have someone on the team who not only had my set of skills, but also who was able to kind of feel comfortable challenging the status quo a little bit with the existing team in a way that would be like a fun challenge where we could talk to each other in an authentic way. A lot of the conversations I had were super organic and I kind of had like a general gut check about that with myself as to, do I wanna be on Zoom calls with these people all day or not? And and so, yeah, like that, that really resonated with me a lot. I think that like informalness was really helpful. I think, women look at things obviously slightly more different than men when it comes to connecting with other people. And I think being very purpose-driven, being interested in your industry and also interested in the candidate and a lot less like about filling a role, I think matters a lot. That was one of the biggest factors that drew me to Swell and that had me being like, yes, I want to work for this company. Do you remember some of the adjectives or words or phrasing or, or the mission that really aligned with you? Do you remember how it read? Yeah, I'm trying to think about like specifics as I'm thinking about it right now. All I really remember is like it was ambiguous enough that it felt exciting and also equally as challenging. And for me, that was like, I was like, oh, like it's so undefined. And for some reason, I'm very drawn to things that are like not so black and white. I love a good gray area to kind of play around in. And it was very clear to me that this is what that would be in just the way that it was structured, which was like one paragraph and underneath it was like, preferably you would have worked in marketing before. And <laughs> um, and I was like, these people just sound like very playful, very thoughtful. They had been very upfront about like where they stood as a company, how big the team was, what their plans were. And since I've been hired and onboarded, it's been a very authentic experience. And we've stayed very true to the, the initial purpose that I signed up for, which I feel really refreshed to have joined that kind of company because that's not often the case. You're in content. What are some of your favorite tools to use to operate and streamline everything that you do? I mean, I have a gut feeling that you have amazing favorite tools and I'm so excited to hear what they are. I think I use a lot of tools kind of unconsciously, but uh, like just kind of not that I, I don't use them with a purpose, but more that I just I just kind of use them in, uh, so organically in my day. Um, but for me, I rely on Slack. 
I work with a global team and we work asynchronously. And so I'll be talking to my colleagues in Australia or in Colorado or in BC, in Europe. And it's like Slack is such an amazing tool for us to be able to keep in touch with each other and work asynchronously. I'm also a huge fan of Notion. Notion yes. to me is like... Love yeah. Notion. <laughs> At first, I was like pretty intimidated by it. I hadn't used it before I joined Swell. And when I got started, I was like, okay, this is going to become like my Bible. And so, yeah, so it's it's just really nice to be able to have those um, tools to rely on as it relates to like organization and communication. And then when it comes to actual content production, I mean, there's so much out there depending on the kind of content that you are building. For blog posts and written content, I feel like I'm pretty old school. Like I'll just open like a good old fashioned Google doc and then pin it in a, in a Notion document right afterwards to kind of have it fall in line with everything, whether or not that's a best practice. And if people are shaking their heads listening to this, you know, sorry, but that's just kind of the way that I've been working. I think that the thing is, is like the simpler, the simpler your tools are, the more you can actually do with them. And I think that gets overlooked a lot of the time. So like I will use either Final Cut Pro or just a few different kind of film tools that fall into a similar category when we're editing for short edits. I'll rely on, you know, more artistic visual designers. Our design team is really talented to build really cool imagery just to kind of slap something together, like Final Cut Pro is is pretty much my go-to. And as it relates to like podcast content, I use Audacity, I use Descript, and I also use podcast.co as like a hosting site. And this worked really well for me so far. I have a super power tool for you. Oh, I'm excited to hear about it. You ready? I don't know if you can yeah. handle it. No, you're going to flip out. I think everybody should check it out. I just met with the founder this week and I'm like, this is like the superpower of repurposing or something or like superhero repurposing. Kamua, K-A-M-U-A, I believe it's spelled. It's a Hawaiian word. I can't remember what it means, but we could take this video right now that we're recording on Squadcast, take a, a section of the video, Kamua will intelligently know where to split up the video and then repurpose it into TikTok, YouTube, all of the video ones. And cherry on top, it makes gifts. <laughs> Ooh, love that. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, then scratch what I said. Kamua <laughs> is like my new favorite. No, so you would do your thing in Final Cut, but then when you have your final export, or like where are you uploading it to YouTube? Well, we're just hosting it on our site for now, um, or we will be. We don't actually have video content up there yet, so just, yeah. Um, so if you, if you had a video, you would just upload the media file. I sound like I'm doing an ad spot. I'm not, paying, like, I'm not doing an ad spot, not being paid. I'm just blown away by this. You upload it, and it intelligently breaks up the entire video for when you're ready to do that. It's like, and it only costs, I think, like 20 bucks a month or something. It's really rad. So check Kamua. I'll tell you after, too. And we'll include in the show notes for anybody curious sorry that I've gone off so much about it, but I think it's going to help a lot of people with I just okay Erica <laughs> you know how when we first started I was talking about the hype and the clout I just think how slaved we are to this digital world is so irritating <laughs> and so when yes. I come across something like Kamua which essentially to me says hey Esprit I'm going to give you back your time so you can go live but still do what you need to do in this digital culture we're living in today. 
here you go. I'm like, thank you. Because do I want to be spending my time like uploading and cutting more than I'm already doing instead of like being with my family or my friends or like eating my pints of ice cream? No. <laughs> you know? So no, it's yeah. true. I think like that's every social media manager's dream and every content creator's dream as well, because it's like, I mean, anything that's going to allow you to repurpose your content and get your message across properly across the platforms that, you know, require different either file formats or the audience is different on each one. So you want to make sure that you're kind of hitting them with a slightly different message. Like that's an incredible way to be able to do that. So um, thank you for that suggestion. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, what's funny is every episode I ask our guests like what their favorite tools, but I never share what my favorite tools are. So I might start doing that every week because man, do I geek out on tools. That's why I ask. It's a completely selfish question. I I think you should. I think in doing that too, like a lot of people will probably learn a lot, even like, you know, none of us know everything. So I'm here to learn just as much as you are. What's one huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think getting my job was like not easy and not because it was like a difficult process or anybody made it specifically tough. I think it was on my own volition and it was really up to me at that point in my life to pull up my own socks and be like, okay, where am I going? And like, what do I want? And how can I make that happen for myself? And I, I live alone and I, I had been quarantining alone for like the whole of COVID and still ongoing, obviously, right now. And I was like, there's so much that I said I wanted to do that I'm just not doing. And like, it's like, let's go, like it's time. And I just kind of had a moment where I was like, either I'm gonna do this or I'm never really gonna do it. And it was a moment of like clarity that I had, but also a moment where I was like, it's kind of all or nothing, like roll the dice, figure it out, stop playing small and just shoot for something a lot bigger and take a risk. And I did. And in doing that, what I learned was the key to being able to do that is like you really just have to trust yourself and you have to believe in yourself. I know it sounds super cheesy, but like when I got myself to a point where I knew that I'm capable, that I'm smart, that I'm experienced, that I have something to offer, that I'm excited to offer it, that's when all of this stuff started to kind of fall into place for me career-wise. Up until that point, I think I was like waiting for people to tell me where I could go next. And it was never good enough or I was never finding myself satisfied or fulfilled. And now what's so interesting is like the conversations that I have with my team every day are so much fun. Everyone is just the best and they're super supportive. They're really kind people. Like it's overall what I was really looking for out of a job. And I think it was, it wasn't easy because it's like, it really challenges you to wake up in the morning and choose to really be like, no, I know I can do this. And it's like really hard to do that. So yeah. I love that. That's, <laughs> and thank you for putting your vulnerabilities out there. It makes us all feel so much more connected. Before we start to wrap up, speaking of connected, how can people connect with you? Yeah, totally. People can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Hey Erica Canna. Um, so it's spelled H E Y 
E-R-I-K-A-K-H-A-N-N-A. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but that's my full name. And otherwise, I'm also on Instagram with the same um, uh, or similar handle. It's just my full name. So it's Erica underscore Canna on Instagram. Um, and yeah, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. So just search my name, Erica Canna, and you'll find me. Um, if you want to talk about tech, if you want to talk about the industry or just general conversations, I'm always happy to meet new people. Awesome. And the last question I have is, what is one dream that you have? And what is blocking you from achieving that dream today? Actually, I have another question after that, a little baby question. <laughs> yeah, the dream that I have, the dream that I have right now is now that I'm kind of in this new chapter that I've sort of carved out for myself, I see myself buying a house by some beach somewhere at some point. I think what's blocking me is almost like the illusion of our current reality where like the housing market is bananas and the idea of doing that now is just like so out of range. But I always remind myself like that doesn't mean it's never gonna happen for me. It's just that it's not happening for me right now and I've only just come up with this idea. So like I need to just give myself some time. <laughs> Does it have to be a beach in Canada? No. Can it be international, like not America? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, have an idea. I actually or, or, <laughs> <laughs> I originally was thinking of moving to the south of France if I'm completely honest. Since I'm from Montreal, there's like a it's like a kind of easier avenue um because there's like alliances with France. But yeah, it remains to be seen. So we'll see how that goes. So just put on your radar and don't tell anyone, including the zillions of people listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Word around the block is the beach towns in Albania are off the hook. Oh, interesting. So last baby questions. One fave book that we must read could be personal or professional. Honestly, I really like the book that I'm reading right now. I have it right here. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. While things are reopening and life is absolutely bananas. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has at some point found themselves like burnt out or overworked or something. So it's a really great book for just finding out how you can say no to things and not come off as like someone who doesn't want to do something or is just being like rude. So I've been really enjoying reading it so far. It's actually completely changed so many dynamics already for me. So in a really positive way. So yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God, I need that book. I'm terrible at boundary setting. Okay. And I totally <laughs> want peace. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's exercises in it. Yeah. And they'll they'll outline like if you were to say this to this person, what do you think would happen versus what would realistically happen? And it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Fave podcast. My favorite podcast. Um, and this kind of is a bit biased because I just really love Chelsea Handler and she just launched a new podcast she a couple did? Of weeks ago. Yeah. It's called Dear Chelsea and it's like an advice podcast, but it's like has a comedic edge to it, obviously, because it's Chelsea. And she talks about like everything. Like they talk about people's relationships with their moms. They talk about people who like smoke too much weed. They talk about like a lot of stuff. It's, it's pretty good. I love Chelsea Handler. Down. I'm going to listen yeah. to that too. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. You're awesome. I'm so excited to learn how to set boundaries thanks to you. <laughs> and um, and uh, thank you for nerding out on tools with me. Um, if you want to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye, thank you. <laughs> hey, my name is Erica Kanna. I work over at Swell.is as the brand and content lead for a headless commerce company. I'm based in Montreal and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.